0: Hello and welcome back to the Shout Louder podcast. I'm your host Sarah Williams and today I'm joined by Cy Walker who is in far too many bands. He's in Rush Decision, Monolithian, Helpless and Swan Song and he somehow manages to find time to host the Seabin podcast. For those of you who haven't heard of the Seabin podcast yet, you know what? Pause this right now, go over, download their latest episode, get it up on a streaming service, whatever you need to do and immediately go and listen to the Seabin. Somehow, Sai is dedicated enough that he manages to get an episode out pretty much every week. And honestly, the second that it downloads itself onto my little podcast app, it's immediately going on. I don't care what I'm doing. I will stop what I'm doing. I'll listen to it and I will laugh. It is one of the funniest shows out there. And he does a great job of getting on guests from across the kind of DIY punk rock community. You know, whether that's bands or it's fans or it's people making zines or it's different artists. He gets a real, real, real mix of different guests on there. And while they're all linked by punk music... They don't really talk about punk rock, which, you know what, is absolutely fine. He's got this incredible format that is so funny. It's a bit kind of in the style of Room 101, but guests come on, they pick their four least favorite things, and then they have to argue their reasons for having those things chucked in the bin. And that could be something serious, or it could be, you know, bananas. It can be whatever you want, but it makes for an absolutely amazing listen. Highly recommend that you go and check that out. Sai is someone that I really admire and we were able to have a really funny and open conversation. We talked about the impending plane crash of trying to balance four bands all at once. We had quite a philosophical discussion about the meaning of punk and what it's like to not follow society's stereotypes and just be happy with who you are. Um, We also talked about the perils of getting caught short and accidentally shitting yourself because, you know, if we're going to talk about something serious, we have to balance that out. We can't do both. Uh, We talked a bit about how much we both love Sniff. We talked about the more musically complex direction that Rash Decision are taking. Uh, We really, we covered a lot of different bases. I think that you'll really, really enjoy this. Rash Decision have recently put out a brand new album. Monolithian are playing a few shows, particularly Manchester Punk Festival that's coming up. And... There's loads in the works for the bin as well. I hope that you enjoy this as much as I did. This is Cy Walker from Rash, from the Bin podcast and from all of those other bands. Hello, welcome to the Shout Louder podcast. I'm here with Cy via the via the internet, the joys of the internet. How are you? You All right
1: hello mate it's all right hello i'm good it's literally as soon as you started talking i heard the faint pitter patter of rain smack my window and i was like oh yeah storming and all that
0: storming yes we are having a storming kind of day aren't we how's the weather been where you are
1: you know what this morning it was it was pretty savage my washing line fell down luckily i didn't have any pants on it because that would have been embarrassing (laughs)
0: i'm just imagining your pants flying through a tornado yeah like (laughs) because
1: i live like i live above the town i live in a seaside town So if my pants would have flown in the breeze, it could have very easily landed in the high street. And like, I'm a large fellow, so my pants are about the size of a regular pillowcase. So I don't want to have to deal with the confusion of that. I feel like that would have been like if you ever dig up a fossil (laughs) of an ancient being and it's like, hold on, sloths aren't seven foot tall. I think that would be the same thing.
0: I'm imagining more like, um, you know, I'm not saying that your pants are this large, but, you know, it, like they've been talking a lot about branches and things like that, debris flying and stopping traffic. Now, yeah, imagine yeah. That you're driving along and this pillowcase sized pair of boxes just comes flying at your windscreen. Then you can't see through the car yeah. and then you crash through the window of a Tesco. I don't yeah. know why it's a it's Tesco. D- it's it definitely is.
1: enough for a traffic accident. I could probably stop a train with it as well, I think. <laughs> I think it's enough to stop the system.
0: You reckon you could stop a train with your pants?
1: Yes, yeah. I'm
0: suitably impressed. That's quite good. Um, so, we're recording this on the day of Storm Eunice. Is that what's, now, the, what's I the name? It's Eunice. Eunice? Eunice? That sounds Eunice? like an old
1: prospector.
0: Yeah, we had Dudley earlier in the week, and yeah. now we've got Eunice. And I know how they come up with the names, but can they not come up with better names? Yeah. You what know, do like they have to be so old school? S- like?
1: What about like, yeah, like Storm. Uh, what's a new name? storm millicent
0: see that's interesting because that might be a new name but that's a really old name isn't
1: it is it i don't know
0: i think so i don't know i'm just trying to think what's a new useless name i don't know i just think of things like chad and that's not new yeah storm that's khaleesi thing. <laughs> exactly <Do laughs> although then you can imagine uh you'd get dragons in the tornado then instead of yeah like, that's, cows, that's isn't yeah?
1: sick though that's fucking ace you know mm. at least like when you know if, if everyone actually had reason to be worried people are like oh it's windy ah oh, bollocks like we're all going to die but if there was like shit there's like 50 dragons that could appear i'd be like yeah okay yeah stay inside <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah stay inside there's dragons i saw um i had seen some good videos today though like um i saw some videos from london and you know they are meant to be like horrible but there were videos of people walking along the road and just getting blown over by the wind was, that is funny. It was really funny. It is funny right. when
1: people fall over.
0: Yeah, it's not funny that there's been a couple of people who've died today oh, because shit. of the wind, but it is funny watching people fall over.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. I wouldn't have made jokes about dragons if I knew people <laughs> and...
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know the details. It's still unfurling as it happens. I don't know. We've kind of missed it here in Manchester, to be honest. Like, um, it's a little windy outside at the moment. Like, you might be able to pick it up on the mic, but it's not. Not it's bad. fine, Like Not it's the one time a year when the rest of the country is under like this red wind alert for like, 90 mile an hour winds, and in Manchester it's just been sunny.
1: Just been chilling out. I did see yeah. that, that like, half the Millennium Dome is hanging off.
0: Oh, I saw that as well, yeah, all the roof has gotten ripped off of it, hasn't
1: it? Yeah, apparently there's supposed to be yeah. a gig on there tonight, so I don't know if that's happening, I don't know who was playing. Oh shit, well, who plays there's the a Raising
0: the Roof joke is. in there.
1: There is. They tore
0: the mm. roof off the place. <laughs> so you know Brian i remember Adams hearing this um i remember hearing this rumor years ago i went to venice when i was about 16 with my mum, and i remember this guy telling me that there were cracks in the foundations of the like, palazzo there, the big spot which had been caused by flink uh, flink ployd pink floyd was what i was trying to say there but oh, they'd shit. played and they'd actually shook the foundations of the buildings to the point of it cracking and since then so this we're going that's that's a long time ago when I was 16. I'm thinking I've never, ever, ever looked that up, but I have often thought about it.
1: It reminds me of this um, <clears throat> kind of depressing anecdote. Um, Monolithium played this festival a bunch of years ago called Temple's Festival in Bristol, mm. and mm. the headliner of this festival was the band Sun. I don't know if you've ever heard of Sun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um And they they you know their whole shtick is they just make a big um loud vibration for like 3 hours and everyone just sits there and endures <laughs> it um but when but this is like an old building and my well, fucking dogs go mental but what they didn't realize <laughs> was in the in like the loft of this old listed building there was like 5000 pigeons that were nesting up there shit and and basically sun killed 5000 pigeons
0: no. And like no. this st- structural
1: damage. So yeah, like the 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 day after they were like, "Oh, you have to start late cuz we went up the, the all the pigeons are dead." And it was like, "Oh, fucking hell."
0: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Shit, so. that's absolutely ridiculous.
1: So, I don't know, you know, that's a, a an equivalent story for me, you know.
0: Imagine being a promoter and part of your, like, duty at the end of the day is to clear up 5,000 dead pigeons.
1: Yeah. It's like, you know, if you if put it on... Shame like none a... of them paid in. What's that?
0: Shame none of them paid in.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, that's just fucking <laughs> passive income, isn't it? Like, you're the pigeons. <laughs> but no, they just had to... I mean, they got a free sun gig out of it. It was the last thing they fucking experienced.
0: Is that the last thing you'd want to experience?
1: It depends on how my life's gone.
0: There's a question there. What's the last thing you'd want to experience?
1: Uh, The last thing I'd like to experience. Mm. There's a thing, like, do I get horribly depressing and real about it, or do I get funny about it?
0: I mean, I don't think they're mutually exclusive.
1: Um, Yeah. You
0: can go in either direction.
1: Maybe the crispness of a nice Pringle. Ooh. Like a like a really yeah, nice when they're properly ready. Yeah, like a properly properly seasoned Pringle. Just drop it on the tongue and just fucking crunch and then blackness.
0: Mm. I feel that I would extend that to eating the entire tube, if I'm honest. Yeah. Because I think that you know how like ghosts hang about because they've got unfinished business yeah, on yeah. Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine that the last thing you'd done was eating a single Pringle.
1: Yeah, and you were like, I need you to can't finish just the eat tube. One
0: yeah yeah <laughs> you need to have at least six in my view
1: yeah but then you'd be trapped <laughs> on Earth forever as you like your spirit is watching as the the doctor pulls this can from your lifeless hands and just fucking yep. slowly crunches down on the sour cream and onion and i'm like can
0: i need to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> you'd just be the poltergeist that goes around and raids people's crisp cupboards is crisp yeah cupboards a thing yeah, yeah why just... not fuck it <laughs> Um, but kind yes of, you you can get more real if you want. I, I think right. I was going to probably say the equivalent thing, but with chips a good, yeah. a good chip shop chip. I think I mm. will
1: maybe if not that, then maybe like um i i've been re- I've been on a big tang fastic kick at the minute all right I Keep eating tang fat or maybe like a whole handful of just the green and white um t- dummies <laughs> uh, I want like a whole <laughs> handful like more than my mouth can handle. So like it's just like I'm like salivating and my face is like, and then I'm just bursting out. I can't even chew it. I just they just sit in there. I think that would be enough to take me out. I think that is what killed Prince um, Prince Philip at the end of the day.
0: <laughs> you know, I I think you're probably quite right. Um, you know, <clears throat>
1: good authority that you bash a tang Tangfastic and you just you know set them over the edge.
0: I mean, there's uh, there's so many tang Tangfastic related deaths that are in the media nowadays. It's, it's all I ever see. Like,
1: yeah you need to really put a warning on those fucking bags
0: <laughs> sour too sour um i was going to ask you about music which is something that i do tend to talk about on this podcast but we tend to leave the topic quite regularly so feel okay. free to talk about it as much or as little as you wish that is entirely your discretion topic for at least 45 seconds please i think <laughs> okay. would it would be my requirement okay, um we'll watch out but so you are very busy in that you have a lot of different projects and for the life of me i don't know how you managed to handle them all but so i know you i initially knew you as being from rash decision yeah then for me this is just my experience i then knew you as being from the seabin podcast and then i learned that you're in monolithian as well yeah and would i be right in saying that you've got other things on the go as well or is that the top
1: yeah i have other things on the go i am in a band called helpless
0: of course yes and i'm in
1: a band called swan song
0: of course and how do you manage to do all of those things i
1: don't i don't really manage it at all (laughs) in fact it's, it's like um i feel like i'm the pilot behind a plane and like all all but one of the engines are like on fire And i got like 50 screaming passengers behind me bashing in my door. And I'm just like, and I'm like just juddering on the steering wheel. And I'm just trying to land us in a piece of water that will like only kill like 75% of us or something.
0: Okay. Now, what I want you to do is just briefly hold on to that sentiment that you've just described in such detail. Yeah. And I want to take you to a question that I was asked recently, which was, why do people do DIY bands? And the answer is because it's fun, yeah. And I, mean, I want you to compare those two things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it,
1: it is it is fun. It used to be like way more fun. It still is fun. I'm not going to be here and yeah, of playing. course it's fun. Yeah, I yeah. like I'm a bit of a moany bastard. I, f- I you feel can moan like, as
0: much as you like.
1: Um, I'm like now that I've entered my thirties, I feel like I can be crotchety. Like, you mm-hmm. know, when I was in my late twenties I couldn't be like gay, you're gay you know, shaking my cane at people but now I feel like now that I've passed the threshold of, you know of um realistic middle age, I'm like <laughs> um, you know I'm to the, the like, point
0: where you've realized that you're not actually gonna die in your twenties.
1: Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Okay, i like you know, I I I passed that hurdle and you know, so now I'm just old and I will continue to be old until I'm not, but um, it is <laughs> the fun. two
0: states pre thirty, post thirty. Yeah, exactly. That. Yeah, exactly. I kind of get that actually. I always kind of viewed, um, this is depressing actually. But my therapist said to me recently, Sarah, what, 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 what you know, how? Did, when you were younger, how did you see yourself when you were sort of 35, 40, 45, 50? And I went, well, I've always assumed I would be dead by then.
1: Yeah, same thing. Yeah, big same. And
0: then, yeah, you get past thirty and you go, oh, I'm not dead. And now I'm like, oh fuck, this means I'm going to live till I'm like a 100 doesn't it like this it's it's just weird crossover point in time when you go from one to the other
1: yeah it's a similar thing like I always uh, I I never thought I'd make it to this point um um, and look
0: at you now I'm so proud look at
1: me now I can't stop shitting myself um (laughs) I'm like a I'm like a I'm like a a senile guinea pig that you know I'm just like um No, but uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, it is fun. Um and I think the reason why I went so hard and I kind of dedicated like almost 100% of my time to making as much music as possible was mm. because I really didn't see uh, you know I was living my life like day to day like I didn't know what was going to happen cuz my brain was like out to get me. Um mm. so I just wanted to create as much cuz if I was creating it's like I wasn't dying. You know, I'm like it's like the opposite of of being sad is you know I'm just putting stuff out and I could put all my sadness into that and I could just release it and maybe it'll get out of there and out into there so I would just do as much as I could and uh I never felt like I was really getting everything that I had inside out so I would just do some more stuff and um and then it, the reason why I'm, I've kind of been in a weird sort of stress period with it lately is because I dedicated so much of my time I didn't mm. really worry about saving or um, thinking about how my life was going to go, like I would never, Oh yeah, yeah you know, I just put all my money and all my time into music and, you know, I just stayed living with my mum and look, looked after my mum because I, I care for her. And now I'm in my 30s and I, I don't have any savings and I don't have my own place and I have my own space and I don't have things that people would... Uh, society tells us we should have our thirties, which is mm. bullshit but you know you can't help but yeah, feel yeah. this um obligation to like be a grown-up so now i'm like ah oh, you know I've, I've put all this time in music and all i've really got out of it's a bad back and <laughs> um you know what i mean but that's not true because what i'm the respect out of, it of your peers is, yeah but what i have out of it actually yeah. is i've got loads of friends that mm. I would consider like true friends like I know like there's not a lot like they say there's only a small amount of people that like true friends in your life but I think because of this culture and community we're like a big family and I really feel like I have a lot of people I can truly trust and Mm. I have great memories and I've managed to create things that's moved people um, I hope I mean people tell me that and and that makes it worth it Um, so yeah, I can complain all I want, but in in the reality is I am proud of it and I I do still enjoy it and I don't want to stop.
0: Yeah, I think you should be proud of it. And I think it's I think you're right, there's a good balance there, isn't there? Sometimes but I feel you touched on it there, but I often feel like there's this societal pressure to act a certain way. And that's one of the things that we don't do. We don't follow the rules yeah. of what we're supposed to have. And sometimes though that is tough and I think we need to acknowledge that. Like, you know, there is this pressure to like have a house and a car and a job and a partner and a whatever like it's okay to not do everything all at once it's yeah. okay to live something like you know but yeah i i find personally i find living in a slightly more unconventional way is what i want but sometimes i maybe look at it and see what i'm missing yes like i look at other people who seem to have quite stable happy existences and i'm like you fucking bastards there's um... look at you with your job <laughs> not that I mean I do have a decent job now so <laughs> I don't know, if, you, know. You, if
1: you've ever heard of the um, the classic um, punk band Bangers they're a Cornish band oh if you've of ever course of but yes they have this lyric that always stays with me it's kind of weird because I uh, know I'm already backtracking on my point but uh, not backtracking but sidestepping but exploring um, Bangers have always been like one of the bands that I look up to the most uh, mm. I love this band with like every inch of my being and the the weird thing is is that Ru from Bangers is like a friend of mine and it's really strange to like be really good friends with like someone you consider to be like your hero.
0: Oh, I totally get it. It's kind of yeah. weird.
1: So like little side thing it's like I like I see Rue all the time. I play games with Rue. Like I love Ru, but it's weird that I'm like oh, I wish I was you. But um <laughs> but they have a, they have a lyric in the song The Mitigation Committee which is if you're paralyzed by comparing yourself to one another then you're already ready to lose. Yes, and I, I yes. think of that all the time like whenever I get down that I'm not uh, you know I'm not following the stereotypes of what society wants me to be or if yeah, I'm like the oh, look at that the band like, that band are doing so much better than me I'm a failure it's like no if I think about that then I'm already giving up like I should just be happy with who I am and then like look at the good positive parts of like who I am and not what other people have but it's difficult sometimes you know
0: it's funny as well because while you're having all of those thoughts, I'm sure there are also people looking up to you, you yeah. know, and thinking, "Ah, oh, that guy. I really like what that guy's doing. I really like what he's putting out creatively. I really like what he's talking about on the podcast. You know, that guy's really switched on." So while while you you know, it's the duality of it as well. You've got people who are probably in a similar position, you know.
1: Yeah,
0: and that's hard to imagine sometimes. I think. I mean, I find that anyway.
1: I don't, I don't know. Does it, does this show often turn into like a sort of uh, like a, th- a therapy session?
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. It tends to be either two things. And uh, to be fair, we, we will probably cross over onto one of these things. We tend yeah. to either talk about quite serious therapy topics, or we talk about shitting ourselves. Yeah, those are the two shout louder topics
1: happens a lot. Yeah, yeah. it happens on I actually, sometimes with therapy, like people will throw something in that's a reflection of themselves, and realize it halfway through. And then we have a, a deep sort of like, let's go moment, further into this moment.
0: A deep and philosophical moment. Yeah. I mean, that's really what I was hoping to have today. It was, was several deep and philosophical, meaningful moments. Yeah. Um, Which is why I took a leaf out of your book ah. and asked the internet for some questions. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Um, I don't often do that and I thought, ah, oh, do you know what? You do that all the time on the C bin. So I've got a couple of things that it's I just can run I'm past lazy. you which are very deep and philosophical. Well, yeah, I mean though you are far from lazy. You do so many podcasts so consistently as well. What, you want episode like hundred and four now? Yeah so tell me about this evening when did you first start it was it just before lockdown well you know it's it's an idea that's been in my head for
1: fucking ages like I've wanted to yeah. I used to do a radio like a local radio show in Falmouth called mm. Hour of Power um with Dave and then I stopped doing that for ages and it was sort of seed in my head and then I started doing a show with my friend Amy who's been on the show a bunch called uh, Clash Manor where I kind of I play like a character version of myself and I do lots of skits and voices and vampire voices and shit. It's weird. Um, And then I was like, (laughs) you know what? I'm getting more into this like um, long form content creation. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I really feel like I want to pull the trigger on this. And then yeah, uh, at the end of um, 2019, Shannon... Gave me an Amazon voucher for a Christmas present. So I was okay. like, I'm going to buy a microphone and I'm just going to fucking do it. And yes. Uh, with the support of the UK nerd punks. Shout out to them. I love them all. Uh, and then just fucking did it. And then I just didn't stop doing it every week. Um,
0: it's so good. Like, I hate oh, you a little you. bit. You're so good at it. It's really <laughs> funny. Like, I really look forward to it coming out. And also, I, I mean, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but there are an awful lot of, like, punk-related podcasts out there. And what I love about you... Well... Although there are a lot of punk-related podcasts, I don't necessarily want to listen to punk all the time. I don't like, you know, I like to mix things up. And for me, if I'm listening to a podcast, I kind of want comedy in a way. And uh, I feel like it kind of bridges the gap between the two. It kind of keeps me a little bit connected with what's going on in the punk scene. But you don't talk about punk on it, really. Um, Obviously, it does come up, but... Yeah. Like, I, I honestly, I can't blow more smoke up your ass. I fucking love your podcast. Uh, I'm just you. telling you. <laughs> it really means a lot.
1: And uh I appreciate that too cuz like I, I when I listen to a podcast it's cuz I don't want to listen to music Yes, i yeah, to same. music all the time. Uh so I mean it's happened in two episodes, but that's the ones with my mum when I'm I'm just ripping off Jimmy Jimmy from Piece of Tramps old format. But They're so good. It's like um, you know, I'd rather bring someone on who's in a band that I really like and let them be really personable and uh kind of not expose themselves but like let themselves like say things that they maybe wouldn't normally say um
0: like be themselves in yeah. a way that they might not get across in I mean obviously it's different cuz we're kind of in the DIY scene but I feel like you hear more from people that you wouldn't get from like a standard like, music journalism interview. Do you know yeah, what
1: I mean? Yeah, because like, like, when, when you're asking questions, it's like, you answer in a way that you want to be projected, that you want to be portrayed, or, like, mm. not necessarily that you're, like, not telling the truth, but, like, you want to give the best version of yourself and an answer. But if you have a conversation like just a real conversation, you see the real person and then I because I know these people are all awesome that will lead people to go and listen to their music which is what I want them to do or read yeah, their zine yeah, exactly. or buy their Etsy thing or whatever it is I have on um, I I, I kind of learned this lesson from watching episodes of Hot Ones because I yeah. realised that the best, <laughs> the best answers that Sean ever gets from people on Hot Ones is when mm-hmm. he brings up something that they either really love or really hate Yes, that people yeah. maybe might not know, and then they can be passionate, and then it, like, then it evolves from there.
0: Do you know, strangely, I was given the same piece of advice, um, not by anyone famous per se, but my mate Josh, who does cold front photography, he's in Bruce Control, he used to be in Ferdus. He was saying to me, he was giving me interview advice. Uh, and he was saying to me, the first question you want to ask someone when you're doing the podcast, if you really want to get them going, is just say, what's got your blood boiling today? Like, what's yeah. pissed you off? And that kind of breaks down all the barriers so that people are super open about stuff. Exactly. And it's kind of, the C a bit like that, but in more of a long form, like you say, you know. Yeah, it's, uh, for, for a show that's based around people's frustrations, it's one of the most positive things I've listened to, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Thank um, you for those people who don't listen to it, so the concept of the C-bin is obviously that you take things that are frustrating people and you throw it, well, you judge whether or not it should be thrown in the C-bin. It's a bit of a room 101 kind of concept, yeah. Um, So when I went out to the internet to ask them if they had any, I did specifically say serious and deeply philosophical questions for you. Um, Many referenced the C-bin, as you might understand. Um, In... I'm going to start off with one from Jim from Pizza Tramp. Okay. Uh, and this may take me a moment to read out, so just... Oh,
1: he never shuts the fuck up, that guy.
0: <laughs> just stick with me. So Jim has said, in the upcoming Hollywood blockbuster, The Heart of the Bin, who would play Simon Walker, the all-action hero tasked by the US government to enter the sea bin, armed to the teeth to wipe out the trash who've banded together in a Sauron-esque attempt to break loose of their confinement to raise hell on New York and Cornwall?
1: Wow. So who would play the me? The question in a movie?
0: there was who would play you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, you know what? I not hmm,
1: let's think here. Uh maybe um maybe David Harbour.
0: I don't even know who that is.
1: Uh the guy who, who, what's he been in? He was um he was Hopper in Stranger Things. Oh, yes, yes. And he played yes. Hellboy. Okay
0: yeah okay that could work for you I mean, I it's kind of it's kind
1: of like an older version of me but i don't know
0: that's um, okay maybe yeah. this um i mean you know we're talking about hollywood blockbuster about you jumping into the sea bin armed to the teeth when maybe,
1: maybe vin diesel
0: what so all of the trash has banded together to fight back against us and is attacking new york and cornwall specifically yeah, yeah maybe Vin Diesel. it's interesting diesel, they've then. gone across the pond you're more interesting than vin diesel
1: yeah, but I think. imagine imagine Vin Diesel with a with a fat suit on and a ginger <laughs> fake wig and beard.
0: Yeah, okay, fair play. That'd be great. <laughs> I don't know, the way that Jim's described that, I've thought of it as like Escape from New York.
1: Yeah, that'd be sick.
0: That's my vibe with that, I think. Yeah. yeah. I'd really like to be in a bad eighties action movie. It's been one of my dreams. It's just just a little side note yeah. there.
1: It also kinda of reminds me of like if I have to go into the sea bin, it kinda of reminds me of that really bad film, The Core. I don't know if you ever saw The Core
0: oh yeah like if i have to
1: go down and like i have to probably have to suit up and get in a vessel and go down into the bin
0: yeah i know we've described it there as a hollywood blockbuster but i think actually what i want is like a really bad like horror b movie b B movie situation like you know one of the really bad disaster movies that they made in the 90s sort of thing
1: yeah like a roland emmerich type situation exactly
0: what i have in mind yeah i think that would work um Matt Spear, similar sort of line of questioning. He asks, "What would you do if the sea bin became sentient?"
1: Uh, I just, I just have a chat with it. Like, I just sit it down and say, "Look, mate, look, you need to understand your position in the universe. Like, if you want to, you know, um, with your new sentience, you know, give some kind of opinion of what goes in and out. Like, I'm happy to listen to it, but you know, if you're gonna be telling me that you know racism and fascism and all that is bad, then mm. you know, maybe." it's time I find a new bin.
0: Wow. I feel yeah. like there's uh, a deeper, again, philosophical question there about, you know, is it the contents of this sea bin that have become sent in and or just have the bin itself. together or is it the bin itself? Have you ever considered how the bin itself feels
1: that's the thing, about like,
0: having all this trash thrown in it? Yeah, I think yeah. I'd,
1: I'd ask him their opinion, you know, how how do you feel about all this? Mm. Uh, and, you know, and d- d- depending on what they say, you know, that's how we move forward from there. But I would say, you know, I created you, and I know that's a that's like a, that's that's a toxic. Parent <laughs> I am your thing. god. <laughs> you know, like when you're a teenager and your parents like, no, you can't do that. I'm your fucking mum. Like, you can't mm-hmm. do that. And then you're just like, you become resentful. I don't want the bin to be resentful, but I just I try to keep it a respectful relationship where we can find the middle ground.
0: I think that's wise. I think that sounds very diplomatic. Um, yeah, certainly the best possible approach you could take if a bin started talking to you.
1: Yeah. I mean, if if the sea bin was like, please, I can't take any more. I'm full. I'm not gonna like force in like frozen peas and like the Foo Fighters. I'm gonna like, <laughs> I'm gonna find a new vessel. Um.
0: <laughs> Fair play. Um, so, a final sea bin related question for you uh, right. from Archie Moss of Incisions and Clayface. Archie, and he's got a very very important view upon this actually and i think this was the deepest of the questions i received um how do you deal with the ramifications of marine pollution due to all the unwanted crap your podcast has poured in the sea
1: yeah well the thing is have you
0: given this thought i'm concerned i have
1: i have thought of this and the thing is (laughs) um that the sea bin is its own sort of pocket dimension um like it's well in- we're
0: going multiverse on it
1: well not so much multiverse but in like you know it, it is it is an all-consuming chasm within the sea. so even I'm though I'm thinking
0: it a bit, a bit of a cross between Pandora's box and a TARDIS
1: yeah so mm. it's like you know the bin is there and it is all consuming um and all absorbing it's a black it's a, it's a blackness that's bottomless and real um <laughs> <laughs> But the the but I will say that
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that sounds so ominous. It's a blackness that's bottomless and real. Yeah, like death. Very good. But well, um, that's the new monolithian album isn't yeah. it? Yeah.
1: Ooh. Um, but what I would say, you know, when things go in the sea bin, they're in the sea bin. They're not like littering the bottom of the ocean. They're not. It's, things aren't being dragged away by currents and you know ending up up a turtle's ass. It's it's within <laughs> the bin. Uh, it's it's a self-contained ecosystem of shit. Um, okay. So even though like the, the bin itself is polluted, the ocean around it is pure. If anything, it sucks in negativity and cleans the ocean as it goes.
0: Like a massive TARDIS-shaped plankton.
1: Exactly. Yeah, just, just fucking eating it all up.
0: Filter in that water. Okay, so it's actually a positive environmental move rather yeah. than a... That's the thing. I would imagine that a lot of the guests you've had on have been sort of people who might call themselves environmentalists. I'm kind of making a bit of a broad assumption about punks there. Yeah. yeah. But I don't recall many environmental issues being thrown in the bin. Well,
1: a few have. I mean like well Mm. when I had B on, um my my good friend B, Mm. like B wanted to throw in plastic inflatable floaty dinghies that people bring to shows. But they didn't (laughs) want to throw it in because they didn't want to put plastics in the ocean.
0: Oh um, but I was like, oh, you know, really it's good. not
1: you know, it's don't worry about it, it's its own thing. It's its
0: own black dimension. Yeah, and then they could black bottomless chasm.
1: Yeah, and when I had when I had Amy from Human Leather come on, they threw in this new rail system, was it like the hm M two or HS2, something? HS two. Yeah. HS yeah. And they wanted to throw that in because of the damage it was doing to the local ecosystem.
0: I mean that's quite good, isn't it? Yeah. I mean yeah. I I uh I, I feel like I feel quite strongly about certain types of reusable cup, like things like that. Hmm, yeah. I shall have to think about this. Um is there anything that you feel from having done the podcast for quite a while now if you were going to do it again is there anything you'd do differently like is there anything you've learned from the experience?
1: Yeah. Um there's like a new feature that I'm I'm trying to implement but I haven't been able to do it yet called the mm. pedest- the pedestal of positivity. Ooh. Where, so like,
0: the antithesis of the seven. Yeah,
1: exactly, way. where like, right. you bring in the bad shit and then you can choose something that you want to showcase and let everyone know that it's amazing and you love it. And then we put it on the pedestal for a week and everyone can go and check it out.
0: Um, Ooh, that's quite cool. So I wish would I'd done that it, from the start. Would you use it for sort of promoting things in a way or could I just pick chips because you chips just, are the greatest you could thing? You just pick
1: chips. You could say, hey, everyone, go and eat some chips. Um, they're yeah, fucking that's great.
0: that's my... That is my advice, I'll be honest. Any shout-out of listeners out there, go eat some chips.
1: And I feel like sometimes I go through periods of, like, I let things slip easier, like I'm more easily um, uh, swayed. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I wish I I had a very firm barometer of what was the rules and what's not, because I feel like Mm. I'm getting too slack with it. But that could be because people are starting to understand the formula.
0: Or do you feel at all, do you feel more comfortable shutting down people that you maybe know better?
1: Yeah, maybe. That's, yeah, that could I be think, a
0: thing. like, because obviously some of your guests you're quite good friends with and some of your guests you, you know, are friends with, but maybe not, like, you know, you don't, like, live together, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm thinking, I wonder if there's a correlation there. If people you know better, you're more happy to tell them to fuck off? Yeah, but I, know I know that's mate, how I feel. What are you
1: chatting about? I forget, I forget <laughs> to What are you about? What are you on about? Yeah, like it, like when I spoke to Leslie last week, like I don't know her that well. So when we were chatting, I I, I couldn't be like bad cable manners, mate. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. But I did agree.
0: I didn't prepare too much else, but I wrote some things down on a piece of paper, and you might be able to read this from here. But I, can't, I, couldn't, written... I couldn't
1: read it if it was this far away from you.
0: <laughs> I'd written in large letters in uh, red sharpie. This is such a strange thing to ask. Uh, but I'd written Scenic Defecation. Yeah. Because it's something that weirdly we both have in common. Yeah, yeah. And of all the things I had expected us to have in common, having crapped in a number of locations was not one of them. Mm.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a, it's a thing. Mm. Sorry if you can hear my dogs there going mental down there.
0: It's all right. It's the joy it's of the, dogs. It's the wind in it. Um But I recently, I was out. In the, it, this was in the summer last year I was out in the countryside I was in Yorkshire and I got caught short and there was absolutely nowhere to go and I ended up um, there's no nice way to say this I ended up taking a dump at the top of a hill anyway.
1: Cr- cracking Yeah. there were no
0: two options of this but the view was fantastic and the first thing that I thought at that moment was I feel like I should take a photo of this and send it sigh. I felt like you'd appreciate it you I don't done. know why Yeah.
1: Yeah. I would have appreci- <laughs> I mean it depends on what you know, you're pointing the camera at like you know if <laughs> If it's at the view, cool.
0: It was going to be at the view, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, there's some poo selfies that are awesome. (laughs) Like, when you sat on the john and you do a very, like, high-angled selfie one, so you can just, you know, you see the toilet, you see, you know, a bit of leg and, you know, a grimaced face, that's hilarious. But, like, if you were to, like, go underneath where I could see, like, (laughs) like, you know, the extraction point, that might have been a bit of a, hey, man.
0: I don't. I don't make a habit of sending people photos of the uh, extraction point. Yeah, as it yeah. were. It's not I, really I, on my list.
1: I wasn't. I wasn't accusing you of that either. But you know, I'm just saying for people. For people listening to this, if you feel like, hey, you know, I might send a picture uh, of my <laughs> shit leaving my hoop to sign. <laughs> don't. I mean, you can, but I might not reply for a bit. <laughs> um, to process it. I think I, that's quite acceptable. I did. I did. Um. Well, this wasn't. It was fairly recent. I don't think I've spoken about it on on the bin yet, so this is going to be exclusive. But Ooh. this this is a cracker. It's not so much like out in the open, but it's a it's a terrible poo story. <laughs> so it's a I want. Yeah, I think when Rash we were going, we were driving. So this was the same gig when um of that va- our engine caught fire, and it took us like 15 hours to get back. Oh but shit! On, on the drive up, we stopped at the services. That was like proper like middle of nowhere back road services and they had a greg's a greg's in the services so i went in and the only thing they had was like ice cold steak bakes and some yum yums so i bought right, two okay. yum yums and Fair. i put them in, i put them in my coat pocket and i was like you know i need a shit i've stopped now's the time <laughs> but the 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 the, the service, i'm
0: interested to know how the yum yums connect to this but okay. just you wait they're important oh god um,
1: but um, the only toilet that was connected to the service station was like this kind of outside row of cubicles, mm. and when I went in there, it was in absolute disarray. It had been it it, it had been torn apart. The doors were hanging off, and oh uh, and you know I found one the one toilet that didn't have you know like vomit and shit on it, and you know uh, rookie mistake I didn't check to see if there was any um, ass napkins.
0: Oh, uh, I never so,
1: do. Yeah, so I, you know, I sat down and I'm, I'm, I'm dropping away, and also and it's like it's all over now. The, the deed's done. I go to wipe the old, the old, um, and uh, no toilet paper. You <laughs> know, I'm, che- I'm checking my pockets. You know, nothing. The only thing I have apart from a sock was the packet that my yum yums are in. <laughs> and you know i'm a degenerate and i'm not going to waste yum yums and i have nowhere to i have i have nowhere to place them unless i put them in my pocket without a packet but you know so i'm sat on this horrible toilet and i just eat two yum yums (laughs) 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 and then i use the the wax paper wrapping to (laughs) scoop the poo off me enough that it's acceptable and you know, I'm not proud of this, but the toilet was in disarray, and I was so disappointed by it, I just slapped it on the wall.
0: <laughs> I accept that. I don't think that's. Um, I was like, oh, oh, what
1: am I going to do? i fold it nicely and put it in the bin. This toilet's fucked, mate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a protest, isn't it? I think. Yeah, and I didn't you get know.
1: to enjoy my yum yums.
0: Oh, I'm sorry that you didn't get to enjoy your yum-yums although at least you did still get to eat them rather than like abandoning yeah. them completely I mean but, another option would have been to put them packetless back into your pocket I guess
1: but I don't want to get like you know sugar crumbs in my pocket that's how you get ants
0: I feel like I am the sort of person who does just have sugar crumbs in their pocket anyway
1: yeah see I, I, I have weird standards like I can eat two <laughs> yum-yums while sitting on a toilet that's got poo in it but I can't put them, you know, bare in my pocket.
0: Well, as long as the yum yums don't correctly directly connect with the poo. Yeah, I think exactly. You're probably okay. Exactly.
1: And I and I could I could say, you know, I had to eat my yum yum so I could wipe my bum bum, <laughs> which you know that <laughs> makes everything better, doesn't it?
0: I like that a lot. I uh, wasn't quite the same problem, but I was in the Manchester Central Library recently, uh, and I had a face mask on, and I got up. And my coat knocked my face mask and my face mask fell into the toilet behind me. Um, oh. So that was a moment where I was like, oh, well, and it's not a reusable one either. Yeah. It, well, no, I mean, it is a reusable one. And I was like, well, OK, I need to do something about that. I can't flush it.
1: Yeah, did you, did you like, take it out and give it a rinse in the sink and wring it out, hand well, dryer?
0: I can say that I did not put it back on my face. That's, OK. I would have done it probably. That was the key thing there. Oh, oh, standards. There we go. Interesting. And I've had various other incidents over the years, but I saw my parents this weekend and they'd brought some sort of birthday Christmas presents because we've not seen each other since, you know, the summer. And um, my dad brought me, I would show it to you, but the podcast listeners won't be able to see it. Yeah, uh, they've brought me. Well,
1: go on, just get out. <laughs> This oh, little sh- is like a little little, little <laughs> wee holder container.
0: It's like a weird little kettle thing isn't it? Yeah yeah um, for piss. But yeah it's a plastic piss pot and it has an attachment for the ladies. Um, oh
1: for the for the for goob.
0: For the goob yes. Um, but yeah so my dad turned up and he went Sarah I've got you a birthday present. It's a pot to piss in. <laughs> so the idea <laughs> is he's now given me a plastic pot so that I can urinate in the safety of my car.
1: I reckon I if I, I reckon I could poop in that too. I'm i you know, I've been in moments of desperation where I, I really think I could probably shit down the bottle of a beer bottle.
0: I agree, I think I could do the same. Yeah. there, there um, comes
1: a time when you get really familiar with like, you know, your butthole and how things have <laughs> come out and I think you can really aim that to precision, you know.
0: I'll be honest, I've never tried. Um, well, maybe that's in my future.
1: Yeah. I you know I think they call it the old festival lava lamp when you like when you shit in like a Lucasade bottle or something you know. <laughs> I've never been that desperate but you know. I've no, def- I've never done that. Yeah. I've definitely I've definitely pooped in Tupperware that's at least this big. <laughs> As I I know you can not the list can up a very this.
0: very small plastic yeah. box.
1: <laughs> the kind of Tupperware box that would maybe fit like 5 grapes. <laughs> or like some chopped up carrots and hummus, like not much, you know. <laughs> uh,
0: anyway. I'm so proud of ourselves. Where there's a
1: will, there's a way.
0: Do you find it a problem if you're touring and stuff like that? Like we yeah. get from
1: gigs. Yeah, for I, yeah. I just like if I know that Rash have to do like a 12 hour drive or something, mm. I'm just like I'm caning emodium, I'm caning cocodamol, <laughs> and I just try to sleep, and then. I'll, as soon as i wake up i'm like neck services even if i don't feel anything because i know my body and i know that as soon as mm. i've had a moment to process my existence again my body's like ah! and then it, uh, out <laughs> it comes you know
0: it's almost like the knowledge of your existence is what's forcing it out yeah exactly by the sounds yeah. of it. i mean i can understand that i definitely feel that um in terms of bands and stuff, so Monolithian seem quite active at the moment. Have I imagined that? You seem to be—I don't know. I guess what it was is uh, you're playing an MPF and Dreadfest and stuff like yeah. that. But also, I saw loads of really good feedback about your set at Entombed Fest. Everyone was banging on about how amazing you are. Oh, thanks,
1: man. Which, which is it's nice. good to hear. Um, it's yeah, we kind of were dormant for a bit because like Rash were really busy um, and Helpless were writing and like. Shannon, me and Shannon were both going through like some like life changes and like personal stuff, and we did we did this tour that went really badly, and it kind of like just knocked the like the enthusiasm out of ourselves for a bit. So we just we just didn't really we like did shows here and there, but we weren't really actively trying to like be super busy. And I think we've just kind of uh, the, the the slumbering beast is starting to kind of stretch its back and and get back out there again. Mm. Uh, which is fun, and like a lot of people that didn't didn't really know about us, and now seeing us for the first time uh, after us not really doing much for the last few years, and it's been cool. Like when we played Entombed, like playing with um, you know the to- the Toxic What's It Fair, and then being like, oh shit, you do this as well. This is cool. And That's like, well, yeah.
0: cool. Yeah, it it's weird because cool. I'd heard the name, but I didn't realize until quite a long while afterwards that it was you and Shannon. Like-
1: yeah. This we, we like when we first started the band we wanted to keep it not anonymous but we wanted it to let it speak for itself. Like we didn't post any pictures that would that had us in it for like years. Yeah, yeah. Um we just like people would come to the show and be like, It's just you two. It's like this weird chubby guy and this this tiny this tiny girl and it was like, Yeah, it's just us. That's just what we are and um but it's interesting that we we normally we've just been playing loads of like punk shows because Like we're all like a doom sludge metal band, but we have Mm. punk ethics, and it's good to see that that's what speaks sort of speaking louder than the vibe, and we can kind of get on a bill and mix things up a bit, and people will still appreciate it, which is nice.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. How did you find Entombed Fest in general? I assume you hung about for most of the weekend.
1: Yeah, well, me and Shannon went up on the Friday to watch all the bands, and um, nice because she wanted to watch Dawn Raid 2, It's like some old friends of ours. Uh so yeah I got to like experience the whole the whole bash basically watched every single band and it was just a really fucking nice time and I got to hang out with all the bros um I saw some drag I... queens on the saturday it was it was sick cool nice
0: yeah. I always really love Hastings like I really really like going to visit um, but I what well, probably my favourite thing about it is that I get to swim in the sea. <laughs> yeah. I don't know whether I want to do that at the beginning of February. No. I mean it wouldn't I, stop me, but you know.
1: I do remember Toxic What's It uh what was I know what's it called first? And you were saying like I'm gonna go take a dip and I'm gonna uh you know, come out and watch haste in my bikini and I was like, Oh yeah, that'd be funny and then I'm watching haste and all of a sudden you're standing there in a towel. I was like, Oh shit <laughs>
0: yeah i wasn't joking <laughs> no, no no
1: i should have taken you more seriously but well, yeah, you know. uh, what's uh, it yeah. Fest was great i love that place
0: that was so good this year as well i felt like it was much needed as well like i think you know post pandemic it was probably the only i'm trying to think cause there was pie race as well that i did yeah. but those were the two kind of big mates fest weekends that i had i've already bought me ticket for what's it called this year
1: oh shit yeah um you're in for a treat to see sniff
0: oh man i'm so excited like honestly i uh but i think um i think i'm gonna catch alex in a few other spots first i reckon okay like, cool he seems to be doing a few shows
1: yeah i'm so oh. proud of him um i'm moving in with him in september with oh, shannon yeah. and stuff but um like, I sh- oh, brilliant. like they played the first sniff show with monolithian and rash in in penryn and it was just like whoa this like super like awe-inspiring, moving art piece that you don't see often. And then they mm. did the sub- sort of surprise set for the Entombed After Party, and it was even better because it was oh, like man. 10 times louder than the first show. So it was just like, this is fucking great. I just There's can't wait I'm for just... people to see it.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really excited to see it. I, I'm hoping that someone is going to um, book a Manchester gig at some point. I'm sure something's in the works. It always yeah. is. Um, but the EP from last year that really really i fell in love with that it's so good but i feel like the the lyrics particularly just like really resonated with me
1: yeah it's like you just i think the the best music is always going to be music that comes from a place of like honesty but like real honesty Mm. like i write songs that are honest but i'm still holding stuff back because i'm you know i'm I'm afraid or maybe i don't want to be too exposed um but I feel like Alex has just said no, fuck it, and like literally tipped the bottle upside down and let it all spill out. Um, yeah. And it's 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 glorious and refreshing. Oh, I completely agree. And I'm I so proud like... of him all the time. His sobriety, <laughs> I'm like with his sobriety too. Um, you know, I remember seeing Alex when he was in the pits of all that yeah, and being yeah. so scared for them, um, and having conversations and being like, "Dude, everyone's really worried for you," and then seeing them um, come out of that, it was just like, oh, my fucking friend just saved himself.
0: It's it's really beautiful to see. Like, I, I mean, personally, I'm, I'm what, about two and a half years sober now, so I really, 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 really relate as well. Um, yeah. And I think watching anyone go through that journey, for me, it feels like a really personal thing as well. Yeah. And um, even if I don't know them that well, like, I... I sort of almost get a little bit wrapped up in it because I can see a little part of myself in yeah. all of that, and it's really yeah. beautiful to see someone sort of, you know, adding a month at a time on. You know, it's fantastic. Yeah, and it's great. I'm really excited as well because I know what it looks like when you get past your first year of sobriety, and what what it looks like when you get further down the line. And I'm just thinking, oh man, life's just going to keep getting better. Yeah, well, yeah.
1: Just yeah. like look at the amount of creativity he's able to squeeze out from sobriety. Like the it's clearer, insane, isn't the clearer it? it gets, the more. That's genius. It's just going to spill out of his brain, and I can't wait to see it.
0: <laughs> like squeezing a little creative lime. Yeah, I'm imagining.
1: you <laughs> to get one of those like overly expensive kitchen tools just for squeezing Alex's brain.
0: Yeah, I think that would work. I reckon you could get one to the exact right size exact that would be needed. Yeah, yeah, and then maybe actually take those drops and literally drop it onto the wax of a record, press oh, it, yeah, yeah, and then see what it sounded like. And I imagine it would be a really like colourful like colorful splatter sort of thing going on
1: i think so i think mm. so
2: yeah
0: um but yeah honestly it's like sniffs one of the best things that came out of last year and i'm so excited to get to see that live i can't i can't even express it
1: yeah speaking of records i should probably say that we've been we've been here talking for a while now, and I haven't even mentioned that there's a new fucking rash decision album that's literally just released.
0: Do you know? I was literally about to mention that the second okay. you brought it up, I was like, I should probably mention that rash yeah, have got an album out. I was, just, out. Shit. I was just thinking, I was about listening it, to like, it. <laughs>
1: I was just thinking about us chat, and I was like, I could I could hear Dave listening to this episode and being like, that motherfucker hasn't even brought up the record. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, but yes, yeah, so you've got a new album out. Tell me about it. Tell me all of the details. Give me a promo spiel. That's what I want.
1: Promo spiel. Um, we we took some time to 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 tour a lot after Kiroshi. and then we just really hunkered down and we just wrote our fucking asses off. Um, you know, and we got stopped by the lockdown, David. and then. But we just as soon as the lockdown was over, we just piled in and we just wrote and like we had a lot of really bad um pers excuse me uh, personal things happen to us during this period and we were able to create something that we haven't really done before which is like a real like um something that was just raw but not because it sounded raw but we were actually just like expressing ourselves honestly about how we were feeling and we got kind of more political than we have before because we've always been a bit of a silly band that was serious but we took we didn't take ourselves too serious but this one we really mm. tried to go and take it really seriously and I think we've written our most musically complex record um yeah i was going to um, say i
0: feel like it's a it's a step up in terms of complexity in, in the composition like
1: yeah we were just like we didn't want to just write songs to be fast and heavy and and abrasive we wanted to write something that was like a true representation of how we were feeling and, and i'm really proud of it and um, you should it, be it, that's great it, it it you know we we practiced it and practiced it and practiced it so that you know we recorded it within like a few days with very little takes and it's just come out really raw and you know i with rash it's it's you know i don't know you know if we'll get another release like this because kev's moving away to ireland and you know i don't know what the future holds we'll have to see how it goes i you know i can't see it stopping but i could imagine it you know taking a you know slowing down a little bit yeah slowing a little yeah so it's like i'm i'm just really proud that it's out and people can hear it and um
0: it's cracking as well so i saw was it you had a march release date set but it yeah. turned up early as well so you just kind of went right here's an album Basically, which was quite exciting really like we, we knew it was like, coming it. so yeah yeah.
1: people had already pre-ordered it and yeah we were like it came it arrived a month early like literally the day before Entombed Fest we were just like fuck it
0: <laughs> like yeah just let's release it that's the way yeah. it goes I feel like that's one of the great things about DIY is that you can just do that, you know, like make the decision and go, yeah, fuck it, let's let's get on it.
1: Yeah, we just messaged labels and said, yo, is this cool? Is this going to yeah. fuck anyone up? And they were just like, no, fucking do it. It's like, yeah, sick.
0: get it out. Like, it's the opposite of the constant delays that we've gotten used to, you know?
1: Yeah, and it was like, so, it was so, it was like such a, I felt like I could exhale. Because like I've been holding in this thing and I just want people to hear it, and I was like curious to see if people liked it because it was a bit different. Well, it's not too much different, but it feels different and uh, so when it came out and and it was just out there, it was like okay I can just I can stop worrying about it now I can stop kind of bubbling under the surface about it I can just get it out um, but now I'm kind of back to feeling that way because there's a helpless record that's out in a few weeks as well so I'm like Ooh,
0: <laughs> tell us about that as well so um what what have you got do you out?
1: We have uh, a record out called Caged in Gold, and it's out uh, via Church Road, Lovely. Um, who put out bands like um, Svalbard and Harriet and In Human Nature. And
0: I saw you playing at least one show with Svalbard coming up. I saw you were doing a Plymouth. Yeah, Mon Luffy
1: and... and I were playing in Plymouth with them. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Which I, is I,
0: nice. I, I fucking love Svalbard. They're one of my favorite bands. So, Same, like, yeah, that. And, I, I, they're so exciting to see. You know,
1: and we've been playing shows with them since you know they were and a fairly new band and mm. seeing them now like on the cut co- like i don't know if they've been have they been on the cover of kerrang they definitely like had a lot of coverage in kerrang and they like main stage of bloodstock and yeah it's like cool uh, it's like really big proper it.
0: yeah they they're just insanely fucking good
1: yeah <laughs> but yeah, it's on the same label as them and uh something we've been working on for a really long time too and i uh, it's something that's really different to what i've ever done before and I'm really excited for it. Um, That's really so, cool.
0: Yeah. Are you finding? I mean, obviously, we talked about how you're balancing stuff across the different bands, but like creatively, do you find that you're challenging yourself more now? Like, do you feel like you're trying new things? Or
1: yeah, which is what's making writing for Monolithian so difficult. Because <laughs> I I want to make something that I don't know I I can, and it's frustrating me because we'll write something and I'll be like, oh, it's not what I it's not what my brain wants it to be and then we kind of like forget about it and then like rewrite it again and it's i think we just need to take a step back and go let's just write what feels right and not try to write what we want to do um but you know we've like writing songs that are over 3 minutes and shit with have those different sections like we never would have i never would have wanted to do that before but it's just <laughs> what comes naturally now
0: yeah exactly so i was going to say across the different projects i assume that your songwriting processes are quite different as well
1: oh yeah for sure you know,
0: particularly with bands with like you know there's there's quite a big difference between being in a duo what i would imagine to being in like your standard four piece yeah as well like
1: well with, with monolithian like i'll write a song and then i mm-hmm. bring it to shannon and then then she just helps structure it and like really puts it together like i have the pieces and then she just kind of puts it together and glues it down and it's like sick we got it um and then with rash is like each individual member will write a song and we'll bring it to the group and then yeah that's kind of it like it's it's kind of like oh we got a song let's learn it sick right what have you got and then with cool. helpless it's like i have a riff cool well, this kind of goes with this riff i have and then like sam will be like i have a drum bit that i've written and i think if you could put the riff to this it'll be sick And then with Swan Song, Nat will write a song, like, acoustically and, like, record it on her phone, and then me and Jimmers will listen to it and then kind of add our bits to it. And so it's like she'll have a cake, a fully baked cake, and then me and Jimmers just decorate it.
0: Cool. Okay. Do you know what? I find that fascinating because, for me, I've never written a song in my life, right? And to me, it is, like, this magical thing. I think, how all the fuck do you sit down and go from nothing to this thing that i'm listening to i don't understand the process in between even though i might technically understand the process that occurs so it's one of my favorite things to ask people about is the process that they go through because everyone does it differently yeah yeah and i just yeah i i I find it really interesting I'm,
1: i'm always i'm always like in awe when i hear that people will write lyrics first but, oh I wrote some lyrics and I'm like fucking how did you do that like I can't even think about lyrics unless I've got a whole song like ready and then I can write to the song that's interesting but some, but some people will like write a poem and then they'll write around that and I'm just like that's amazing to me
0: I seem with a lot of bands where maybe you've got a vocalist who isn't also playing an instrument that they would write lyrics separately and then try and fit them in with the music yeah you know I've definitely heard bands where that's that's the case I'm sure that's a um, thing
1: I'm, I'm, I'm like the kind of person that will wait until the day i'm recording to write lyrics because i'm just i'm not very good
0: <laughs> do you feel like when you're listening to other people's music do you feel like you gel with the lyrics or do you do, do different instruments jump out at you is there anything specific that like grabs you
1: yeah like when i listen to bangers i gel with the lyrics and it's almost like i'm listening to because the lyrics, the lyrics are so good yeah And then some bands, like I don't even know what the lyrics are, but I vibe to it so hard. Like some of my favourite bands like Torch and Big Business, a lot of the times I don't even really I can't really hear what they're saying. Not that they're like screaming, (laughs) but because their voices are so like triumphantly soaring over the music that I'm not really picking out words, I'm just kinda picking up like the musicality of the vocal.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um
1: and that's then I can vibe to that, you know. I think it depends on the artist.
0: I agree yeah I just I, I don't know I, I find the way that people write really fascinating but I find the way that people listen really fascinating as well because you almost think in a way that you've got you know this recorded piece of music that is the same to everybody, but actually, when we listen to it, we interpret it in completely different ways. You know, I've got a friend who's a drummer who literally just listens to the drums, mm-hmm. you know, or doesn't deliberately do that, but that's what jumps out at him. And then, you know, for me, when I was younger, I used to find the vocals was really what would jump out at me, whereas now I've kind of gone the other way and I'm listening to loads of instrumental stuff. It's, you know, yeah, I've definitely it's gone more into towards
1: instrumental it. stuff. I think I just I, like, I go I like I like a vibe. Like I just kind of, I like a vibe. I, I'm more just you know, let see how the whole thing feels together. Sometimes there's, there'll be like just certain parts of songs that I like, but I don't really like the rest of it. And I'll just listen to like one little bit because I'm like, oh, that one bit just really hits a certain place that like releases chemicals over here or whatever. And I have to go and listen to that one little bit, and then I'm like, okay, I can move on. I'm kind of yeah.
0: Across any of your bands, or for yourself, or as part of the podcast, have you got any... Is there, like, an ambition? Is there something that you'd like to achieve, like a dream?
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's like, I guess so, but... I think it's just... I just... I'd like to find a a place where I feel really... It's going to sound so depressing. But I'd, <laughs> I'd like to get back to a place where i feel genuinely like happy um where I like think that's I can... a pretty good goal to yeah like it doesn't matter what i do as long as like it's it's um it's an oasis away from the shit like i'm i'm sad here i mean i'd like to be happy in general but i don't know if that's possible but like i'm sad here and then when i do this it's like it's like a bomb and everything is yeah, kind of yeah. uh eased and it could be an escape because it was but then it became so overwhelming in my life that it, it kind of just added to it um, the, yeah
0: there's a point where it's i mean i've definitely this is something that's come up on this podcast a lot in the past but it's that there's sometimes a balance between you know you've gotten into this thing because it's creative and fun but then mm. sometimes everything's a bit too much even the fun things are a little bit too much yeah. sometimes aren't they
1: yeah. yeah sometimes being in a band goes from it being like a really fun escape and a hobby and stuff to being like an obligation yeah uh, and not like yeah. really f- i feel about that all the time but the the mindset i've been in recently i have felt like i've i've it's been like a job
0: yeah absolutely
1: i'd like it to feel less like that and more like an escape
0: a little bit less capitalism yeah
1: exactly a little um, more fun and of course, like, would I love Seabin to be on the same level as, like, um, I don't want to say Joe Rogan, that sounds intense. But,
0: like... <laughs> but bigger. Something yeah. that might actually, like, yeah, I, I've often thought this, like, it's the dream is maybe having something where you've got a couple of nice sponsors. Yes. Like, ethical ones that aren't like... weird. <laughs> Like then, as, much,
1: as much as I love being sponsored by Cold Press CBD, go to cold press.io, use code Simon10 or caps for 10% Oi, this first is my podcast, order. not yours.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like, as much as I appreciate these guys, it's like, it'd be really sick if uh, like I could yeah, be sponsored by something that I believe in that I could, could help me pay my bills and stuff.
0: Oh, yeah, it's not that. It's not a comment on the sponsor, but it's more like. Um, a the the level that uh, this isn't what i'm pitching at. by the way for anyone yeah. who listens to my podcast this isn't what i'm aiming for there was a time when i used to do things a bit more seriously my one aim with podcasting now is just to have a fucking laugh yeah like all i want to do is sit down have a chat with a mate and like have a bit of a catch-up and talk about music and get to talk about something a bit more in depth than we might do if we were just like you know sat in a living room um but i look at um one of my favorite shows is the modern man um And that one, they've got, I don't know, they just, they they don't seem to be like funded per se, but they seem to have enough going that they can kind of, it sustains itself and they can go out and do things and they're making enough of a living from it. Like it's not, it's not like a main source of income, but it's something that isn't just a labour of love.
1: Yeah, and I, w- I will say, if I'm mm-hmm. honest, like, c is an escape for me. Like, to me, that is a, a, that doesn't feel like an obligation, and that is a thing that brings me a lot of joy, because it's just me talking to people that I want to talk to and have a laugh, and and it makes people laugh, and it's really nice. And I've noticed more recently, every every, every gig I've played, I've had at least, you know, five to ten people will come up and say are you big tasty and i'm like yes i am and then we get a <laughs> hug and a handshake and it's great um and it's and, and it's and people have been really fucking lovely and it's like sick but i would love to like be able to do like semen live as like a live stand-up slash live podcast thing um i spoke about doing it at mpf this year i don't know if it's happening or not andy said i it was might gonna be...
0: say i think that might be on the cards
1: yeah, I've, sp- I've spoken, me and Andy have spoken about it, but I haven't really had much info on it yet. So maybe it will. It's something I like to do.
0: I did a live podcast at MPF a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, And it was stressful. <laughs>
1: yeah, I bet.
0: <laughs> it was quite good, I think. And I think the audience who were there enjoyed it, but I found it really stressful. <laughs>
1: yeah, I like to do something like that.
0: I think it would be great if you did something like that, and I, I hope that you are able to do that at MPF. I think that would be fantastic. So hang Thank on, MPF, you you're playing with Monolithian, a rash yeah. playing as well.
1: Rash aren't playing. Um, you played Shan- 2019. We did. Bobby Funk. Uh, Bobby Funk are playing this year. Yeah. So Sh- Shannon's doing double duty. Double Ooh. duty. Duty.
0: Very good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I'll, I'll be bopping around. Fantastic.
0: If, uh... It's I, I say this loads, but it's like my Christmas.
1: It's, it's nice I'm like I'm not very good at going to gigs that I'm not playing because I get this weird like feeling of like oh when's it my turn like my body's ramping up to play and it never happens and I always kind of feel like I'm going to jump out of my skin <laughs> um, it's kind of the same reason why I don't like watching like I play a lot of D&D as my downtime thing and people will always be like, oh, do you watch this D&D podcast? I'm like, no, I'd rather play it. I don't want to listen to people play it. I want to play it. So I kind of have that same thing with gigs but like somewhere like MPF where it's all the friends, I can just enjoy the bands and not worry about it because it's not like I'm stuck in this place and I'm ready to play. I can freely move around and go to different venues and check things out and just hang out with my pals that I don't see very often because I'm in fucking Cornwall. (laughs)
0: It does seem like you've got a pretty nice little scene down in Cornwall, though, you know? I mean, okay, this is from the outside perspective, but it seems like you've got some really cool, really creative people down there. Yeah,
1: the scene is one collection, it's like one big friendship group, and then we just all are in each other's bands and go to each other's gigs, and it's wonderful.
0: That's um, glorious. Yeah. I love that, I love that. Yeah, if you've got to create the scene yourself, I think. Exactly, it's... that's what Atana
1: wants to do, you know? Exactly,
0: I um, I feel like there's a few little pockets around the country that are, like, kind of... I mean, M- Manchester's different because Manchester is a bit bigger, but I feel like like oh, I lived in Ipswich before as well. And something I loved about Ipswich was there was this tiny little scene that was just really active, you know, and everyone knew each other. I, I really missed that in a way. Yeah. It was good. But, yeah, I tell you what, this has been an absolute pleasure and a lovely way to weather out the storm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Storm Eunice still raging outside apparently.
1: Fucking raging.
0: Raging. Yeah,
1: it's been wonderful talking to you. And, it uh, really has been a pleasure. Is I there anything
0: you would like to promote? Um while
1: we're here. I mean, yeah, just if you if you feel so inclined, uh check out <laughs> the new Rash Decision album, You're the Silence, it's on Bandcamp, uh, it's on Spotify if, if that's your bag. But if it's not, you know, no 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 stress. We've got <laughs> records and stuff. Um Check out Monolith and check out Swan Song. The new Helpless record, um, Caged in Gold, comes out in like a few weeks, I think. Um, that'll be all over the place. Check out The Seabin, if that's your bag. Um, no obligation. It's all good.
0: There is some obligation. It's amazing. And you need to go and listen to it.
1: But, you know, it's it's going to be there, no matter what. So check it out in your own time. You know, don't stress out about it.
0: Oh yeah, it's, don't don't stress out about it. It's For not me, it's not
1: it's not going anywhere. It's it's always going to be there. So, you know, whenever you have the time, put it on, do the dishes and listen to me talk about poo. It's fun. Um I
0: will warn you that I think um personally I found it a bit of an issue while driving because sometimes I'm laughing so hard that I can no longer operate the vehicle.
1: Yeah, I know Ben from Nosebleed said the same thing. Um <laughs> uh, he said the episode where I had Alex and Shannon and Alex talked about basically fingering Shannon's neck to get her to throw up during oh, the, uh pie um, race spicy
0: nudes episode yeah.
1: yeah he said that that made him had to pull over so that was a good time <laughs> yeah. if if my if to to bring it right down to the start if my pants aren't starting a car accident because they've been blown away by the wind <laughs> me talking to, with my friends about finger banging their own necks should do the same thing <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah it's beautiful thank you so much for coming on and having a nap with us and um thank you i will see you down the front bye thank you so much to Sigh for a lovely evening i really enjoyed that and it was a lovely way to weather out the storm and thank you so much to all of you for listening as well i highly recommend that you go and check out rash decisions new album make sure you check out monolithian helpless and swan song as well and if there is one thing that you do Please, please, please go and have a listen to the Seabin podcast. I promise that you will love it. I did guest on an episode um, in which I talked about periods at length, which is... um mildly embarrassing, but I think it's probably quite funny. (laughs) I don't know. Let me know what you think. I also just want to say a big thank you to everybody who listened to the Roughneck Riot podcast that we did a couple of weeks ago. I've been a bit overwhelmed, actually. I've had so many people come up and say that it was dead funny and that they really enjoyed it and that it was one of the best ones we've done. I really, really enjoyed doing that. It was lovely to get to do something in person as well. And I'm really keen to do some more in-person podcasts over the next couple of months. If you're a band traveling through Manchester and you'd like to have a natter, do give me a shout and maybe we can try and meet up and squeeze into a van with some microphones before a gig or something like that. Um, But yeah, honestly, I'm overwhelmed by how lovely the feedback has been about that podcast. Um, Do go back and have a listen to some of our past episodes as well. They're all up on Spotify, on Anchor, on CastBox, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you shall find the Shout Louder podcast. Uh, Check us out on social media as well. We are at Shout Louder Zine. And also you can read all of our articles, interviews, gig reviews, all that kind of thing over at shout-louder.com. We do this, well, I do this (laughs) literally just for the love of it, you know. We're not asking for any money. We're not asking for any sponsorship. We don't have you know, any kind of backing like that. We just want to have a nice time and to share that with you as well. It's all just about having a laugh. To close things out tonight, I'm going to play a track called The Pain That Alters, which is from the brand new Rash Decision album Year of the Silence. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to Cy for being such a great guest. I'll see you down the front.